My biggest failure going into 2021 is not my lack of understanding of just how deep the corruption of the American politician is. It is my failure to be free enough to love them no matter what. I've been struggling so much with the tremendous hypocrisy I've seen in our government. We are called the United States, but we're not living up to the name on the door. The far left has had a long history of stirring up racism and then blaming the Republicans. They not only allowed, but encouraged the race riots in Seattle and Portland this past summer, daring to accept the narrative of a summer of love. But when demonstrated against, they want to enable domestic terrorism laws that have gone so far in the narrative as attacking Franklin Graham for inciting insurrection. There's so, so much more, yet what frightens me even more is my own attitude. I have to fight anger daily at seeing our nation torn apart. Life Journeys is about understanding life's hard times, and even embracing those trials, in order to defeat their power over us and those we love. Jesus said, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you, and persecute you. Our standard is not American justice and freedom. It is Christian love. I agree with a recent post I read that said, We are not being asked to come into unity. We are being forced into conformity. We're not going to suddenly unite about socialism, the Great Reset, and the false notion that stakeholder capitalism is anything but sugar-coated socialism. We're not going to unite around defunding the police, about abortion, or homosexual marriage, or equality of outcome being taught to our children. Our Pledge of Allegiance says, One nation, under God, indivisible. Whoever said that being united under God was unconstitutional or had anything to do with agreeing on big government kicking God out of our schools under this idea, idea of constitutional secularism. People have often been led into the idea that we have to follow the federal government's guidelines to give states and schools financial aid only if they agree to spiritually sterilize our education arena. How did we let it come to the place where we'll give you money if you agree to our immoral stance about God? Local communities ought to have the right to decide for themselves just where they will stand with God. It's not about government mandates. Government mandates about religion are why our forefathers left England. Those who violate the commandments of God aren't going to get a pass in eternity because the federal government had laws that promoted immorality and put up not only walls of separation between church and state, but they also put up walls between the sin that damns a man's soul and the remedy for eternal destruction, the gospel of Jesus Christ. We won't be allowed to walk in unity without Christ in our nation. God won't have it. And there are too many people who demand unity around the flagpole of secularism and immorality. Inclusiveness means we will unite around the acceptance of whatever evil our nation calls good. Diversity means we will require that every public organization unite behind the call to employ and accept all types of people without daring to call adultery sin, homosexuality an abomination, or abortion a crime against humanity in heaven. 
The preaching of the gospel will spiral into nothing more than hate speech. We're not going to rally together around the demand that we will work towards the goal of equality of income through affirmative action, which is nothing more than socialistic discrimination against the duly qualified person with a good work ethic. All this gets deeply under my skin, for it is basically our government telling Americans that they can go to hell. In the last few minutes, I have to admit that I've been trying to set you up. This message isn't about corrupt politics, but what I started to say until I went down this rabbit hole of spiritual and civic corruption is that what ought to bother me more is that I too often feel more angry than compassion towards the segment of the American public that is simply spiritually ignorant. I all too easily forget that next to God's standards, he could say a lot more about my hypocrisy, sinful tendencies, and love loss than I could ever say against the corrupt far left in this world. If I measure the world's sins against my walk, and then I measure my sins against God's holiness, guess which one has the biggest gap? Jesus would come and let such people crucify him. His victory over this present darkness was not in his ability to force men to bow their knee to him. Rather, the power he displayed was letting darkness do its worst to him and then showing the world that sin's worst work could not keep him dead. He conquered the very thing that all of the deep state's corruption could ever do to a man or the world. It's as if he said, Subject me to your anger, your hypocrisy, your deception, and your violence. Put me in chains. Take away my ability to move about freely. Tear my body apart and drive nails into it until I'm dead. I won't fight the worst that you can do to me. You want power, riches, and honor by destroying this body and silencing the truth about your sin? Go ahead. But you can't keep me chained, beaten, or dead. I'll rise again and conquer what is your own sentence for your sins. You show me your worst and I'll show you my best. Then, if you'll finally see that you're wrong, I'll give you the same power. I'll give you what your soul is really thirsting for, and you won't have to deceive, kill, and destroy others with your darkness to get it. After Jesus basically said these things by his life, Jesus gave that same power to his followers, if they would dare to accept it. Jesus could love men because he had power over their deepest, darkest sins and needn't be intimidated by their worst. He saw beyond their faults to see their needs. The only thing standing between them and their own true liberty was their own stubborn pride. And when I stop fighting the call to be treated like Jesus was treated and just trust in his power, then I will be finally able and ultimately powerful enough in Christ to defeat the anger that this nation's sin is bringing. As with Jesus, for the joy set before me, I need to be willing to endure the fleeting pain of this world's hatred of who I serve and those that I love. The world may silence us, call us criminals for exposing their sin, and even imprison us or make life miserable, but the courage born of faith that all my pain for preaching the truth will one day be turned into a crown of victory, and that 
All along the way, my children and grandchildren will be encouraged to not accommodate the government's highway to hell. Is what I'm still here for. May your love and mine say to this nation, you don't have to go to hell. They say that the church in America is about to get persecuted, but you can't threaten a true Christian with death, prison, or poverty. Take away their freedom and put them in a prison sewer hole like Paul, chained to a prison guard, and we'll get that guard saved. John, the beloved disciple, was exiled to the prison island of Patmos, but when he got there he was granted a room in the governor's home and he wound up leading the whole household to Christ. The darker it gets, the more that light can be seen. The more sin comes out of the closet, the easier it is to see the salvation of God's holiness and mercy. What bothers me most is not the corruption in America, but that I have yet to arrive at the place where I can genuinely love the lost who are telling my family to go to hell by their laws and their deception. That I cannot let stand, but need to come to the place of such emptiness of my own carnal thoughts and feelings that Christ can fill me up with his love and Holy Spirit. So I press on for the mark of dying to myself, lest the anger of this world kill me, and instead, live unto God alone for the sake of those that he may win for heaven. What do I profit? What do you profit if we gain the world but lose our souls? What blessing or honor do I have if I preserve my life at the purpose of my own family's souls? What good is it if I have kept myself unspotted from the world but have also remained unscarred for Christ? God is looking for champions who will tell the world that he loves them by their willingness to love the truly unlovable. Anyone can love those with whom they agree. God help our love to be a light in the darkest corners of America's contempt for us. Only by this will we know that we are truly free of the worst that this world can do. Jesus told us to love our enemies, and bless those who persecute us. If we do not, how can we accept any idea that we are any better than the world? Freedom in Christ is not freedom from injustice. It is freedom from the bitterness that injustice would create within us. Our standard is not American justice and freedom. It is Christian love. The moment we make justice our highest goal, we have moved away from the love that is necessary to accomplish justice.